Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode three of Accelerator Light on the Australian Business Podcast. My name is Daniel. Together with Owen and Jordan, we have over 20 years of collective experience running, researching, investing in, and advising private businesses. We have combined our knowledge and experiences into a 10-week boot camp to help you grow your business into profit machines. In this 10-week program, we will give you all the tools and resources to help you maximize the opportunity right in front of you. Please note, this is the light version, so it may seem incomplete. We are very close to launching our full business accelerator and intake has begun. For all pioneers, welcome. We cannot wait to show you what we have been working on. And for anyone interested, you can use the I'm Pretty Cute link in your podcast player to sign up today. We have our very own Mr. Jordan Kittis calling everyone who registers and he will give you a taste of what's available inside the full online program and community. If you're a business owner, you should become a full member while you have a chance to join us at a discounted rate. This discount will be ending soon. Chances are you can pay for the coaching and accelerator program through your business and it's likely tax deductible. Now, let's get stuck in. Episode one with Owen covered the why. Episode two with Jordan covered the strategy. In today's episode, I'll be covering business models. I've broken it into three key parts. Part one, I'll go through three of the most common or traditional business models. Part two will be some key components to be extracting from your strategy for your business model. And part three, it'll be a basic framework you can apply today. Before we kick off, what is a business model? The Oxford Dictionary has it as a plan for the successful operation of a business. Identifying sources of revenue, the intended customer base, products, and details of financing. So you can see how vague that is. I mean, it's great because it means there's no one right way to do a business model or one right business model for a business. 
I see business modeling as a simple yet effective tool of turning your ideas into reality. I want you to put your ideas on a page and assess each component and you can apply this to your business as a whole or even departments within your business. In part one, I'll go over some of the three, call it common types of models or traditional. This is a very simple overview, give you an idea of what we're sort of referring to. The first one being B2B or business to business model. I'm sure most of you have heard of it. The core dealings, partnerships, and your customers are other businesses. Sometimes the buyer being a business is the end user or it resells to an end consumer. It's the middleman or you're the middleman. So one example being a traditional manufacturer, they would produce the goods to sell to another business, commonly a retailer, it's usually done in bulk at a unit price and the name of the game is always quantity and efficiency. A second example down a completely different line would be like a commercial plumber whose customer base would be other building companies. You know, they charge, they report, and they only deal with the project managers of these other building companies. They never communicate with the end consumer, never the person that lives in the apartment or anything like that. So you've got two different types there of B2B models. One being the manufacturer, which is the middle person and goes to another business and then the other business sells to the end consumer or another business is the end consumer, which here would be like a building company or a developer. The second example would be a B2C model, business to consumer. This is where your, your core dealings are with an end user or individual and household for your product or service. Tying example one back into the manufacturing example, this is an example of a retailer. So the retailer would purchase the product from the manufacturer, our B2B example. It then breaks down the bulk items that it's purchased into single items. It markets, it sells, it makes it look all nice. It marks it up and then sells it to an individual or a household. So very common obviously in the product game, whether it's fashion and clothing companies, assuming they don't manufacture themselves. Example two is another plumber. This time it's a maintenance plumber. This is your classic fridge magnet, Google rated letterbox dropping plumber. The consumer is the end user, usually being an individual or household, whether it's installing a new hot water heater, it's unblocking a drain. It's a very different line of work. You're talking about, you know, call out fees and small amounts that individuals would pay rather than the larger six figure invoices that a commercial plumber would more or less send. You're talking about the same line of work, the same industry with two different models. The third model being a subscription based model, slightly more recent you can call it, not that it didn't exist back in the day. So this is giving access to a resource at an ongoing fee. So example one, it's a software provider. Like me, I'm sure everyone has a list of subscriptions that you may or may not even use anymore. But regardless, we pay. And it doesn't have to be internet related subscriptions like your Netflixes. You know, previously it was magazines and different news outlets that you pay a subscription to and it's delivered to your home. And then example two, it's a gym, you know, this thing doesn't move around. You pay 
to get access to an area and equipment to train in. Again, two completely different businesses running a very similar model. But you may have noticed something, and that is that the businesses in these examples don't actually need to fall into a category or even stay in a category that can be interchanged. Using our plumber, for example, the business may even do both B2B and B2C and have a plumber fitted in a truck roaming the streets, traveling from house to house, as well as have a team on a commercial site. Even with our software, you know, Microsoft Office was able to produce business products for your businesses. It was able to produce home products for all your home, your homework, your assignments, your projects, and doing it all on a subscription. It's actually used all three models I just spoke about. Whether you pay annually or month to month, it's a subscription nonetheless. So I think it's very clear that there's an unlimited number of different models that you can use. And the purpose is not to actually fit into a model or go, okay, this is what I am. This is what I want to use or this is what I want to be. I think the goal is to stand out and to take the best parts of other businesses, even in different industries, and apply it to you and your business. So part two of this episode, I'm going to be going through some of the key components you should be thinking about before going down and creating your business model. Extracting these from your strategy is probably the best way to go about it. So this exercise, it's to take all your great ideas and businesses and strip it down to simple components to identify your core model. So this will actually allow you to create clarity and something tangible to follow, to adjust and pivot on. And keep this part simple. All you need to do is start identifying what you're selling. Is it a product, is it a service? Who are you selling to? Who is your customer avatar or avatars, plural? What does it take to create your sellable resource, product or service? Do you need a manufacturer? Do you need software? Do you need tools? How reliant are you going to be on certain things? So start thinking around how you'll actually create something. And once you've sort of thought about how you're going to create this sellable resource, how will you provide value? And how will you stand out in an industry that already exists? Is there a problem that you need to fix? And if so, how are you going to fix it? So you've worked out your value. You know how you're going to stand out. Well, now how are you going to deliver that value? What are the logistics, the, the boring stuff, the tasks, the day-to-day tasks you're going to need to implement to actually deliver your value? And then most importantly, how are you going to get paid? Will there be payment facilities online? Will it be credit cards? Will it be manual invoicing with you know terms to pay? How are you physically going to receive money for your value that you're providing to your end consumer? Then think about the costs involved the cost of production or delivery, or just your overheads. What's it going to cost to run your business and create and sell your resources? And most importantly, tying it all in, how do you expect to make that profit? You know, does your pricing strategy and how you're going to price your product line up with your costs? You know, are you you running at a 10% margin, 20% margin, 50% margin? Try and start calculating how you're actually going to make profit rather than just operating. What this will do, it'll actually bring validation to your strategy. You're extracting information you already have and you're applying it to a page that we'll call a business model. 
So in the next and final step, I'm actually going to run through how to create a business model. So this is a very basic framework and you can do it with me right now. Listen in or listen first and then rewind back and pause as you do it and as I talk through it. Very, very simple. And again, just don't forget, you can't go wrong. Just start and adjust. It's not an assignment. You're not getting ranked. This is for you and your business. So we actually look forward to bringing our very own business model framework to life. But to access it, you will need to join our full accelerator program. It will have our steps that we have sort of gone through ourselves in our businesses and we've helped other businesses do as well. So it'll help you find your direction as a business. We are in the middle of creating it. So today I'll actually be talking through one of the more famous business model frameworks. That is the business model canvas, which was designed by Alex Osterwalder. This is a tool to describe how an organization creates, delivers and captures value. Initially presented in his book, Business Model Generation, you can go online and download your PDF today if you wanna use his template. For our version, you'll need to tune into the Accelerator program and we're starting very, very soon. So the business model canvas, it consists of nine elements that should ideally fit onto a page, but don't stress if it doesn't. I think using Excel is a really good tool as well, not forcing it into a PDF or a Word document or even handwriting it. So the nine elements of the business model canvas are key partnerships, key activities, key resources, value propositions, customer relationships, channels, customer segments, cost structure, and revenue streams. I'll go through each one. Starting from the top, number one, key partnerships. So in this exercise, what I want you to do is actually list all your key stakeholders who you have a strategic relationship with. So I want you to actually write down anyone. It could be a supplier, your marketing agency, right? If they're assisting you with bringing in, call it revenue and your leads, and you think they're crucial, I want you to write it down. List your key stakeholders who you can't go without. Who, what do they provide? What key resource do they give you? Now that you've listed them, call them five, 10, 20, however many they are, Next to each one of them, I want you to write down why they are key, right? So this will explain why you use and why you partner with certain people or businesses and what relationships are important. Part two, these are your key activities. So what do you do? What tasks are done to deliver your product? What is the day-to-day -day operations to get by? So this will be very close and I want it in line with your operations and processes. So start by drawing out a very simple flow chart. It's simple, simply put a task in a box and draw how it connects to the next task. Do, keep doing that until you get your product or your service to your end consumer. You want to list your day-to-day -day activities. It can be boring, there can be a lot to do, but it is crucial that you have the whole process. Don't skip tasks. So this would be really important, especially if you haven't started building out your processes yet. So this could be your start, like your little to-do list. What do I need to write a process on? How do I write a process? The way I see writing a process is you're explaining it to someone that's never done it before. You wanna be able to give people an opportunity to succeed within your organization. Process is a key to do that. 
Step three, these are your key resources. So you want to identify what key resources or assets are necessary to deliver your value proposition. So I want you to list your requirements. It could be specific positions in HR, the seats you need to fill. It could be a certain product or software you use. If you think it's necessary to generate a revenue stream, I want you to list it. So this could be the actual product that you're selling. This could be the software you use to generate the final report that you give out. This is anything that you use to generate revenue. So now, next to each item, I actually want you to give it a rating out of five on how reliant you are on this resource. And then next to that, I want you to comment how you could replace or adjust this particular resource if it was to disappear tomorrow. Again, you probably will not have an answer to every single one of these. However, it is probably pretty important to start thinking about if something was to disappear, if I was too reliant on a certain resource, well, what could I do to adjust? What can I do to pivot? And how can I still operate if someone else was to go down? Step four, probably got the easiest instructions, but probably will take you the longest to do, if I'm being honest. So I want you to identify, so this is value propositions, and I want you to identify the core value of what the company provides to its customers. What problem are you solving? So I want you to link this to your why. So start with some dot points. Write down your whys. Write down why you're providing value to your customers. Write down your point of difference. You know, is it price? Is it quality? Design? Status? Whatever it may be, I want you to write it down. Once you've written down your dot points, kept it simple, go back and elaborate on it. Go back and write a little blurb, a little bit extra as to why. What value are you providing? What do you stand for as a company? Step five, customer relationships. So some businesses are very reliant on communicating with the customer. Some are not. You know, if you're just selling things on Etsy, you're probably not reliant on customer relationships. People are going to buy your product. It's a quick transaction. Let's say it's low value. It's quantity-based. Your communication with your customer could be quite minimal. But if it's a service-based business, your customer communications would be really, really important. So what you want to do now is draw out your current customer journey map. How does your customer communicate with you from seeing where you are to advocating for you at the very end? Draw it out for me. Now, after you've done that, out of five, I want you to rate your customer communication experience. What do you think a customer would rate you from there? Just, just communications. I don't care how good your product is. I don't care how good your service is. Write down what they would rate your communication experience. Now, you've honestly written that down, hopefully. The next part is I want you to give yourself another rating out of five on the importance of a positive customer communication experience to your business. So how important is that the customers get a great experience? How important is ongoing sales? How important is retention? And how important is positive feedback? Whether it's Google reviews, whether it's testimonials, 
give yourself a rating out of five and how important it is to your business. And then at the very end of that, I want you to give yourself one way you can improve it in the next two months. Step six, these are your channels. So again, flowchart this, create a little graph, create how the channels within your business work, whether it's to reach your end customer, whether it's an inward supply of products, whether it's your distribution, whether it's your marketing channels or communication channels. I want you to draw out all the key channels that work within your business. Once you've drawn them out, I want you to comment on how to move your channels to align with an ideal channel, right? So you've drawn yours out. Now you need to identify what the ideal channels look like for each area that you draw out or the one channel that you've drawn out. You can compare it to an industry leader, what you imagine theirs would be. And then you can work towards getting it to that ideal channel. Part seven, customer segments. So this will be very much in line with your marketing strategy and marketing efforts. And Owen will take you that in the next episode. So I'm happy for you to leave this aside. But if you wanted to sort of put something down now, this is where you wanna identify who's your target market. Who are you selling to? And come up with your customer avatar. I know Owen's customer avatar is so specific and that's what you wanna aim for. Part eight, cost structure. For an existing business, Export a profit and loss from your accounting software. Call it for the last six months. And I want you to run through your cost of goods and your operation, your operating expenses, your OPEX. So ideally, you want to do it into a CSV format. Bring it out. And I want you to almost use a traffic light. Call it highlighting option. I want you to go through your expenses. Green is good. Green means your costs are optimized in that particular field, in that area means you don't need to improve it. Orange means, uh, I might need to improve it, but it's somewhat immaterial. It doesn't really make too much of a difference. And red, red means help. You need to optimize, you're spending too much in an area and you're not getting any value out of it. So that's for an existing business, really, really good exercise. On the reds, I want you to actually write a comment on how you will better that spend and comment on that key item. If you're a new business, obviously you don't have six months worth of trade, three months worth of trade, whatever it is. What I would do there is actually create a rough budget or breakdown of expected expenses. I'd be conservative, overstate, right? Because everyone in business knows things come up out of nowhere. Don't even know they're coming sometimes, but you do need to budget ahead. So calculate your direct costs, whether it's per unit or hours, could be overhead, subscriptions, wages. Anything you think would cost you money to, to more or less create revenue. Write it down, create a budget. Step nine, revenue streams. I want you to list all your income streams, whether you have them or you want to have them. List them down. On each stream, comment how it links to your value proposition and your pricing strategy behind it. So this could be a discount-based pricing. You know, you've got an, a good, much lower unit cost and you're happy to discount it and you're happy to beat everyone's price, your competitors. 
might be premium pricing, whether you're going in going, I'm going to provide the most value ever seen and you're going to price highly. You're going to give yourself some status behind it. But comment on each income stream, how your pricing strategy relates. I then want you to link those income streams to one of your channels that you've drawn previously. And then after you've linked that, I want you to list the ways your customers can actually pay you, whether it's Stripe, whether it's PayPal, whether it's just manual invoicing. Maybe have a look if there's any barriers there that's sort of affecting your debtor days. Is it taking too long to get paid? This might be a very easy fix for you. So they're the nine areas of the business model canvas. So the main focus for this framework was actually the value proposition and how it should be linked to all of your other components. So now that you've written yours down, go back. Does your business make sense? Does your value proposition link to your other components? If not, have a look how it can. If it does, great. So now you've completed it. Use this opportunity to evaluate your business. Does the model represent the perfect scenario? And if so, great. That's fantastic. Find your little improvements anyway. But if you've drawn a perfect scenario that doesn't really accurately show your current practices, find a linkage. How close are you to your desired model and how can you get it there? Or have you done a perfect representation of now? So... Now I'd go back and go, where do you think you can improve? What areas are there to, to go over? And how does it affect other areas of the business? Remember, this is a tool. You can't go wrong. Use it as a guide for improvements or use it as a self-evaluation tool. Either way, the goal is to summarize your business to clear components and to keep improving. So here's a summary of what we just learned. Number one. Three of the most common traditional business models. Two, some key components to be extracting from your strategy to apply to your business model. And three, we ran through a basic framework you can apply today. If you haven't applied it whilst listening, come back tonight and apply it when you have some free time. We followed the business model canvas. And thank you for joining me today. And hopefully you were able to learn a few things about business models and we'll try and apply this to your business. Let us know how you went. If you found this light episode useful, you should use the I'm Pretty Cute link in your podcast player to sign up to our full business accelerator. You can connect with us, ask questions, share ideas and more. The accelerator is our full online program that'll take your business to the next level by offering weekly group calls, marketing templates, structuring templates, the latest in tax strategies, downloads, videos, PDFs, a business knowledge bank, networking, and much more. Coming up in next week's episode, Owen will cover operations. Don't forget, we air episodes every week and after our accelerator is launched, we'll get back to regular programming. See you in the next episode.